Welcome to the Sleep Talking series, where we have honest conversations with parents and professionals about their babies and children's sleep. Sleep is such a hugely important part of our lives for our health, little ones' development, and our all-round well-being and happiness. When babies come along, our sleep is temporarily disrupted, but too many people let this deprivation continue on for many months or years, when in fact it could be much better, much sooner. Let's hear from those who know. Here we go with this episode of Sleep Talking. So this week I'm sleep talking with the awesome Ashley Wilson, aka Instagram star and fashion blogger, a mother's edit. Using her platform, Ashley talks about all things fashion, beauty, travel, and her experience of pregnancy and motherhood. Ashley is a wife and mum of two beautiful girls, Vivian and Margot. Welcome, Ashley. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Great and so great to have you here. And um, I'm really excited to get chatting with you and delving into all things kids and sleep and all all the stuff. (laughs) Um, So first up, let's just get straight into it. How are your girls sleeping at the moment? And remind me how old they are. So Vivian was six in uh, June and Margaret turned three in March. Um, and actually this is perfect timing because we're having a bit of trouble with Margaret. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. What's happening? We, probably a little bit too late, which I admit, but we've just done the dummy fairy. Okay. Um, we did it with Vivian and it went really well. Mm. She, I don't think she even had a single night where she was upset about it. She was just, yep, give it away. It's gone. Um, Margaret's been over a week now of mm-hmm. crying, really, really getting upset, um, waking up earlier in the morning. She's really latched onto one. So I want my tiger doo-doo. Um, <laughs> and she, she talks about it in the day as well. She's like, I wish the fairy would bring my tiger doo-doo back. Um, so it's, yeah, that's uh, been a, bit, a little tricky at the moment. Okay. Well, if it's been, you know, obviously she's had it for a while, so it's she's probably quite attached. So it's a it is a big thing and a big change. But you're doing the right thing, and you know, once you make that move, there's no going back. (laughs) Um, it it would only make it worse. And I know sometimes they can really pull on our heartstrings with with comments like that. And but it's best to keep going. But is there something you could kind of insert instead? So kind of okay, we don't have tiger do do anymore but look we've got I don't know maybe a little tiger toy a little tiger cuddly or something oh, that's a good idea because we we did the, the fairy left uh, a toy which was uh, this big rabbit toy but her sister got the same one so we thought we did the same thing um yeah she hasn't really wanted it it stayed downstairs she doesn't even want to take it out to bed oh so, okay that hasn't worked so I did think mm. maybe I should say, because you've done so well, we'll take you to the toy shop this weekend, although I haven't taken her to a shop yet, so I'm a bit nervous about that. But um, yeah, may or choosing something online as a reward, but I don't know if then, mm. I'm a bit, I'm not really sure if she's already had one gift from the fairy. Yeah, how many do you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I was just thinking like if it was something that she can associate with sleep so maybe something that it could be in her bed and then she could I don't know come home from nursery and find it there and and that it was look you've been so brave you've done so well like you said you've done so well you're such a big girl now and and this tiger it almost a bit like a transformation that it's turned into a big girl tiger um that, that she can cuddle at, at night time and a direct association with sleep and sort of go this is this is a cuddly tiger for for bedtime I don't know just a, a suggestion yeah. that might help it sounds like you have gone along those lines anyway but um it might be worth a worth a go if you're just about a week a weekend mm. yeah mm. She, even this morning she woke up early crying for it and then I did bring her into my bed and um she was trying to, she was putting her fingers and her thumb in her mouth, but then she looked at me and said, I can't do that because it will give me rabbit teeth. I was like, yeah. Because oh. <laughs> that, we read the, um, is it B gives up her dummy? We read that a lot. Oh, okay. And that talks mm. about rabbit teeth. So now she's kind of fixated on having rabbit teeth. Mm, so she knows it, it no. wasn't going to be good to keep and she's, She's mindful of that, which is great that she's taken that message on board. Um, but yeah, maybe something cuddly. That the reason I like having like an, an, another thing is that then when you do get those wake ups or the early starts and they're seeking the, that thing they're so used to, you can then oh yeah, you know I know that's that's gone. But look, look, you've got this now. Remember, and and then just kind of keep reinforcing. You've got this instead. You've got this instead. Um, until it catches on because I imagine it will it just sometimes takes a persistence for a week or so before they go yeah all right then that'll do <laughs> you'll have that instead no, well, I'm, um, I'm going to be getting on online looking for a small tiger for <laughs> a yeah, tiger. yeah I, I just like the way that it's like a nice progression because if they're with the tiger association you know yeah. it's, it sort of carries it through oh, yeah, it might work. I don't know why she's so fixated on that one Oh, she calls it a doo-doo, a dummy. Because mm. she had a lot, because we, we went through that phase where if she couldn't find it in the bed, she'd cry in the night. So I was like, right, I'm just going to buy 10. Yeah. <laughs> I went overboard. I was like, let's put them all in there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's long run. The dummy definitely has caused more hassle than, than maybe it's worth. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to get back in there whether... It's one of those things, I think, that once it stopped serving a purpose, which pretty much any time after six months, really, um, that once it's not really helping, um, it's a matter of time, isn't it, before it's going to go. <laughs> it's gonna, at some point, it's going to go. At the six months, the recommended age, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it, it's because it has benefits under six months. So um, they say that it can help reduce the risk of SIDS, um, it helps encourage the sucking reflex so there are actual pros to it in those in those mm -hmm. first six months um, after that it's, it's a comforter and you know mm -hmm. th there's no real harm in having that comforter and I always say it's not a problem unless it's a problem but for some it can become a problem and uh, you know you're, you're doing that dummy run several times a night popping it back in mm -hmm. um, if little ones take control of it, and like you said, she, she got to the point where she could find it, put it back in, and and then it wouldn't disturb you. And she she's got that comforter. Um, I think it's when it becomes a concern around teeth and speech mm -hmm. and those sorts of things. Um, but but I think like you've experienced as well, it's sort of well, it's going to go at some point, and I think it only gets harder 
the more attached they become mm. um to say you know to sort of say goodbye and move on from it it's it, it, yeah I don't think there's ever an ideal like easy time <laughs> um, it's a ripping off the band-aid and going for it sort no, of thing I kept thinking oh, it would only be a few days and then she'll be okay and now it's been a week I'm like oh come on like the most heartbreaking thing is putting her to bed when normally she'd go off so nicely and now she just cries and mm. yeah it's really like oh <laughs> it's tough isn't it it's hard but if you stick with it and give her that reassurance and know that she's I think if you've got that empathy that oh she's adjusting it's new um but you're actually helping her in a big way and 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 before you know it you'll be on the other side and she'll be happily settling again uh, maybe with something else to cuddle that she, she's got hold of um it's when people get to this point where you are now and then go, oh, this is too heartbreaking. Oh, this is too tough. Oh, I'm just going to give it back. <laughs> and then they go, you know, they go back again. And that's when I go, no, because if you think that was hard, it's going to be even harder when you, when you readdress this, which is going to happen. Yeah, um, I need her to still believe in this fairy. If I give it yeah. back, what's this fairy doing? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, hopefully that will be motivating to anyone else that can relate to this right now. Um, so keep going. It will pass. It really will. But there, there's been a lot of changes generally in lockdown. So mm. she used to have a nap from about one to three. Um, mm -hmm. And then at the beginning, because Vivian suddenly her big sister was at home and it's like, oh, it's all exciting and she just was she was crying out and crying out when we put her down so and also her, her dad was suddenly at home all the time when normally in the week she wouldn't see him in the week he leaves mm. uh, at half past five in the morning normally and gets home about eight o'clock so she would only see him at the weekend so suddenly it's this exciting oh my goodness my sister's here my dad's here yeah so we decided um so she just turned three, but we'd stopped the nap. Uh, and she was very grouchy, probably for a good month or so. Um, mm. And there'd be days where we think, yeah, you could definitely have a nap today. But I think she's kind of got used to it now. Um, mm. and, but yeah, that was... So we probably would have got rid of the fairy, the dummy, not the fairy. The fairy would have got rid of the dummy. <laughs> the fairy. Because <Maybe laughs> yeah. the there's been so many changes over the past three months. Mm. Um, and with my husband being here as well, he's been able to do bedtime, which he doesn't normally get to and he's loving. But that oh. was another sort of excitement, like, oh, daddy's putting me to bed instead of mummy every single night. <laughs> so, yeah, lots yeah. of changes. Lots of changes. I think, yeah, uh, I think when, when they're dropping that nap anyway, even without the unique circumstances of you know, more people around, more attention, more excitement, um, but, but going from that stage, that, that age and stage when the nap goes, quite often there, there is a transitional period where they're a bit more tired and it may come out in being a bit grouchy or a bit fractious or a bit clingy even. Um, but early nights can help with that in the early stages. So 
you know, the nap's gone, but okay, we're going to make bedtime half an hour sooner or something like that. It can temporarily almost sort of like patch it up <laughs> to like yeah. ease the um, length of the day and avoid extreme overtiredness. So um, even now it's because she is only just three and it's been a relatively new thing. Um, if she's, if she needs an early night or if it's the weekend and you're out and she nods off in the car, I wouldn't be worrying about that at all. I would just take that as a sign that, okay, she's having a little catch up. She needs a little, a little bit here and there. Um, and that's really natural when they first drop the nap. It's not really like a switch that you flick. <laughs> it's more of a, a transitional phase. Okay. So how long do you think the transition would go for? How so, I mean, that it can vary depending on the child and also depending on when the nap drops. So dropping the nap around age three is um, I, you know, it's kind of on the early to regular side. It, it, some will keep napping till they're three and a half, four even, and <laughs> some beyond. Um, but, Vivian would have napped all the way up until she started school. She's just... Yeah. She's still, if we drive anywhere now, she's fallen asleep in the back of the car within about Oh, she likes to sleep. She loves yeah, sleep. Yeah. yeah. So some will, but others are ready around age three. They are ready to drop it. But um, in terms of how long, I would say a good, a good sort of month to six weeks of of watching and letting them top up a little bit. And maybe, like you said, there was a day where you thought, oh, you could probably do the nap today. And I'm sort of going, well, do you know what? That's okay. Like, okay, we haven't had a nap for a week, but today we seem to need one. Um, and, to, and to sort of, I think of it like a sleep tank. And if that tank, um, you know, if she doesn't need the nap and the tank's still okay, fine. But if without the nap, that tank's are running really low, and that's when you get the grumpy fractures, sort of clingy yeah, behaviours. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you just don't want it running on, on really low or empty continually. Yeah. It is a bit of a bank. It builds up and it, it, it depletes again. So having top ups is, is fine. And there's and no I'm, real time limit on that. Could it be on the sofa or would you say you have to go and put them back up in there? At this stage, I think it's fine. I know I would normally, when we're working on getting good, consistent naps and you know, healthy, restorative, quality sleep in those naps for, for children, then we, we do tend to encourage having that in, in the cot or the bed and, and so on. But at this stage, when it's more of a, a top up or it might be a cat nap or it might even just be a little quiet time then mm. if that happens on the sofa or like I said on the go even mm. um no you know that's no big deal it's fine um because it's it's on its way out anyway so um I, I wouldn't be too particular to the quiet time even with Vivian now when she gets home from school I find she just needs that quiet time to just kind of not have any interaction and just sort of zone out for a bit Mm. yeah it's so stimulating when they're at school all day or even at nursery they're um there's so much going on and also you've got that slight social tension where you know you're not around your parents in your comfort zone so you're being a little bit brave all, the, all day long um and so yeah it's not sometimes nice when you get home to just be able to go ah just relax yeah. release all that adults isn't it when we get back from work or something we just need that little bit of hungry <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i i agree i like to um give my my children when they come home from school a bit of just downtime just do what you want do whatever you want time um rather than when we, we used to try uh, like we get home it's homework first 
then you can do your thing but actually it's like, oh, I've just come back from school like can I just have a break so yeah I finally need a break <laughs> so did the two of them get on well yeah they do um 90 maybe slightly less of the time <laughs> they, <laughs> when they fight oh they really fight um and oh, they wind each other up and it's not one yeah. or other they take it in turns they seem mm. to really like take pleasure out of having control over each other <laughs> so it, it's been really interesting so the past three months all this time they're suddenly spending together and I, I think they've both changed so much and mm. amazing like looking back and comparing them but they their relationship has got a lot closer which is so oh. lovely yeah but they yeah. Yeah, they they love each other so much. They tell each other they're best. You're my best friend. I love it. All this, but they Aww. really do bicker a lot. Yeah, I think that's normal, isn't it? And I think particularly in the the times we've been through, where we've been spending, you know, all families spending um, an unnatural amount of time together with the same few people continually. Um, it's it's just not normal it's not how we normally roll and I think um I, I think on the one hand siblings are so blessed to have each other mm. in this time you know if they're, if they're only children who have perhaps not been able to have any contact with any other child for a number of weeks but um I think on the one hand siblings like you're so lucky you've you've got each other to play with um but then on the flip side, it's like, yes, but you're the only child I've seen. And, and, you know, they can get, I think, under each other's skin a bit, as, as anyone does if you're around them too much. <laughs> um, they just always so want what the other one's got. Um, and, you know, Mar Margot will take something of Vivian's, even though Vivian doesn't really want it. She's like, that's mine, I want it. So you don't really want it. Like, it's all just no. Yeah. Do you find that um, something like one of them will find something that nobody's cared about for months, and then suddenly, oh, because you've got it, I want it. Do you, yeah. Do you get that? Yeah. It's like gold is the most important thing in the world. Yeah, mind you, that. Like oh, neither yeah. of you. Yeah, yeah. Neither yeah. of you been bothered about this for so long, and now suddenly, yeah, yeah. Mind you, that, and and that, and that's a boy and a girl, so they, there's no um, oh, yeah. it, it doesn't even oh. matter what it is. <laughs> oh, so did you find then um from what you said I'm, I'm getting the sense that Vivian really likes her sleep did, have you found them particularly different in, in character um really, really different um and I don't know if it's sort of um through things that I've done or just their own makeup I mean with Vivian I as our first time mum, I was really, really into right. I want a strict routine. Um, I followed a few different books and then kind of, sort of mushed them together and made my own routine. But I was really yeah. strict with it. I'd wake her up from a nap. I'd make sure she everything was sort of to the to the letter, probably a bit too <laughs> much. Um, and then when Margot came along, obviously that wasn't possible because I'd have uh, preschool drop-offs and she was in and out of the buggy and all was a bit different. And with Vivian, the sort of bedtime routine, I remember I used to like make the house 
we lived in a tiny little two bedroom cottage, uh, but I'd make the whole house like dark come sort of half past five. Um, you'd have a real quiet bath time. It seems a bit sad now looking back because bath time was really <laughs> fun, but I'd always, I was so like, you've got to get to sleep, you've got to get to sleep. <laughs> Everything hush hush. And she's always been an amazing sleeper. Um, mm. Apart from when there was one time, I remember we were doing some renovation work on a house and we had to move into my mum and dad's. And I remember I was in staying in my sister's bedroom and Vivian was staying in my old bedroom, my childhood bedroom, and the walls adjoined. And she went for a phase probably of about a few weeks, I think. Oh, it was like heartbreaking. And she would scream and scream. And my mum was very strict on routine. That's what she did in the 80s. And she mm. said, you need to just let her scream it out. And I remember hearing her on one side of the wall screaming and me being on the other side of the wall just crying yeah, <laughs> listening yeah. To her. and I was just like oh um mm. that was probably the hardest time with Vivian but um mm. other than that she's been she's just really liked does she like her sleep or is it ridiculous I don't I don't know it's tricky it's hard to know isn't it because I think like you said when I think it is different with the first it's never going to be the same again when than it is with your first child because like you said you've not got others to to worry about your focus is all on one um is it that she's a great sleeper or is it that you instilled a certain amount of routine and atmosphere around it that set her up to be a great sleeper um it's hard to know but definitely personality does play a part in it the more easygoing uh characters tend to go along with whatever routine you put in place whereas the more sort of alert i guess tuned in types will go hmm don't know about this not sure if i agree i might challenge it <laughs> um yeah, there's a lot later developing with everything we're crawling walking margot's done everything a lot earlier She's definitely a bit more of a crazy character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe all of that comes towards it. But um, yeah, she's she's definitely uh, not not been as easy with bedtimes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And she's probably also had her big sister to look up to, and like you said, with walking and all these sorts of things, it's sort of she's seeing it right there. Yeah. being demonstrated by another little person I want to, be like her. I want to walk I want to crawl yeah yeah, yeah. and then she yeah. she literally wants to do everything Vivian does um I I can now see why um my mum literally did everything for my younger sister that she did for me because I now do exactly the same with my girls if Vivian has something and oh, it just causes so much upset so I'm like right okay we're gonna get you both the same drink we're gonna get you both the same snack yeah yeah I, I I think that's so true just um because if you make it any slight bit different you'll you can guarantee that they'll you know one they'll both want the same one and one will be rejected and this one's not good enough it's got blue on it or <laughs> yeah yeah exactly no it's um it's funny how they always want what they the other has yeah. <laughs> so um are there any other things that have come up during the the lockdown um 
this year, you know, whether it's sleep related or not, but they're obviously they've had each other around more. They've, there's been um, changes for Margot's sleep patterns in the nap going. Um, anything else that the lockdown has sort of thrown up that's been different or, or whether a challenge or a good thing, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, I think going back to school and nursery, so Margot's nursery have been really good now. They've um, allowed for Margot to change her days so that she can fit in the days that Vivian's going. So they're oh, that's handy. Both mm. there at the same time. Um, mm. But it's they've gone from sort of having homeschool with me, which probably hasn't really been that taxing, um, to <laughs> the they're getting really tired with two days on a shot so they do um full days as well and then the other days I'm finding they're much more tired I think it's probably taking it out of them a bit mm. those two full days of so much interaction with their friends mm. and with, with even next week's school doing sort of numbers and letters and things so it's kind of knowing how much to push them with sort of school work when they're back with me on the other three days mm. to just let them relax a bit more and just not worry so much about it about school it's difficult isn't it I think there's such a, a, a such a mixture of um situations out there and I, I hear you know about mothers who are very much like I'm just not going to worry about it they'll learn what they need to learn in their own time and I'm so laid back and I just think wow that just sounds blissful I bet you're having a great time and then others where you know I know for myself it was a challenge of why I can't just like stop my business <laughs> so it's like how do I juggle homeschooling two children and running a business and you know all, all the the um I guess the pressure from all angles yeah. um it, it's not just the homeschooling it's almost like the, the childcare aspect as well um but how did you find homeschooling um right at the beginning I found it incredibly stressful I think mm. I was putting too much pressure on myself and on Vivian um, mm. trying to get to grips even with new technology like google classroom it's mm. suddenly like whoa we've got to do all this and try and work still at 100 percent, and then do this school and it would come through must do by this date must do and then mm. get like a deadline of work and you're like how am I going to must do and my husband he's working in the room sort of locked away and you just sort of leave him be so he can just crack on so mm. sort of managing the girls not trying to go in there as well and um yeah the beginning was really hard I think maybe a, a month or so of real stress and then just kind of getting relaxing a bit I think I was I was also really worried about everything that was going on obviously and being constantly mm. checking the news and I think the girls could probably pick that up as well which isn't very yeah. nice um yeah that mummy was worried and mummy was getting stressed about things and I always mm. really try to not let them sort of feel like that um mm. to some like I want them to obviously know that I have emotions and things like that but not I don't mm. want them to ever get worried about 
the way I might be dealing with something. Mm. Um, but I think we've we're properly got into the flow of it at the end. Yeah. Um, and I also started to more focus on the things that I really, I'm, I'm lucky both, both of my sisters are teachers. Um, so oh, that's handy. I know. <laughs> I thought I was sort of halfway through, I was like, why haven't I asked them things beforehand? Why am I tapping this sauce? Um, but and they were just like the most simple, just try and read every day and get in a bit of writing and just number work, even if you yeah. don't follow the Google Classroom tasks, just keeping it ticking over. So that's kind of what I kept thinking, just keep your brain ticking over um mm. because when they all go back they're gonna have to go over everything anyway and mm. if somebody's top of the class then they too will still be going everything over everything with someone who's mm. still in at the level that when they left school um mm. so yeah you've just got to do what what you can do and what and you can stay yeah. happy and, and keep them happy that was kind of been my main Mm. focus just make sure that they're happy um yeah yeah I think that's so important and I think um I, I can relate to the initial tension I remember thinking oh my gosh I don't know how I'm gonna do this and then you do get into a bit more of a flow and I had the daily like printing out of all the work and everything um but yeah, I, the, I didn't have a printer at the beginning so. oh no <laughs> I know people that oh I was having to draw yeah. things out so it was taking me ages oh my goodness <laughs> that yeah and then I was like this is ridiculous I have to buy a printer and it was life-changing yeah. from that moment like, yeah yeah <laughs> I had printer issues I, I regularly have printer issues but we had um well one eventually the printer was the issue was resolved and my husband also went to the office and bought one home which was a lifesaver but I can yeah I can imagine without a printer how much hard work it would be um but it, I think like you say it's the, the the sort of the tension that we might be holding around all kinds of things and and just trying not to that like um let that out or or um, put that onto them and and that's the thing that used to annoy me and then I would get annoyed about that very fact so it would be like wow. oh I'm frustrated and now my child is is subject to this frustration and that's yeah. not okay with me like this yeah. is not um not good so yeah and it's I, I, definitely I, been a challenge it's such a challenge and um, I, I find the comparison thing is really hard as well like often at the beginning, Joe Wicks doing his absolutely amazing thing, but lots of my yeah. and their children would do Joe Wicks every morning, and I kept trying to force the girls to do it. <laughs> they had no interest. And I was no. like, come on, girls, we've got to do this. And then I thought, why am I making them do this? Just yeah. Just because and it is a great thing um yeah. definitely but yeah there's it, it's that unnecessary pressure mine weren't interested well my eldest had class at that time anyway so he was on with his teachers um and my youngest just didn't really fancy it and I thought okay that's fine I'm not gonna make you do it <laughs> um yeah, but I'm, yeah that it's pressure isn't it social media definitely and then I'm aware I'm part of that but um it is the comparison and it's just it's it's hard if you're seeing other people they're doing that they're doing that oh my god I should be doing that and actually you've just got to do you and and do what yeah. you and your family happy and what works for you mm. 
Mm. And remember that you only see snapshots on social media. So whilst you might see somebody in their, you know, fine moment one day where they're nailing homeschool or they're doing the J Wicks, you don't know that an hour later they're not crying into a pillow going, I can't handle this. Um, so I think, you know, we don't see the full picture and we just see bits and snippets. And yeah, it's so important that we don't get into that comparison mindset for sure. Exactly. It really mm. is the worst thing. And uh, whenever I do, I have to tell myself, actually, stop, like, stop. <laughs> mm. it, mm. it is the thief of joy, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> so, looking back over, well, six years, um, and you know, with both girls, what do you feel has been the biggest challenge that you faced around sleep or you know whether it's with them or the de sleep deprivation that you've experienced where do you have a particular age or stage or scenario or is it the dummy thing um that you've gone that was the toughest bit i think it probably was when vivian started um not wanting to sleep and i decided i would let her cry herself to sleep um mm that was really hard because I wasn't sure if I was doing, you never know if you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of people are totally, totally against it and it's quite controversial. It um, is, yeah. Mm -hmm. And which meant I just kept questioning it. And then when you're crying your eyes out listening to it and you're like, why mm -hmm. am I doing this? Mm -hmm. it, it did work and it probably was um, the right decision at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I would do it again. <laughs> mm, mm. But I think when when I had just the one child and I was in that frame of mind and mm. it was, yeah, it's I just found that really, really hard because you just feel like such a rubbish person. Not even a rubbish mm. mom, you feel like a rubbish person. Like why am I letting this Oh, she's probably about one or mm. um, but yeah it just sort of came out of nowhere not wanting from the bath to being put down um, mm. yeah no yeah but it's difficult trying to decide what to do and I think this is where I speak to so many families and they're stuck because there's so much confusing and conflicting information out there. Um, and we, we do that, you know, second guessing thing of, well, is this the right thing or is this the right thing? And the, the, the thing is, is this, there's not one right thing for everybody. It's different for everybody. And, and what's perfectly ideal and suited to one family and one situation will be the you know the worst thing for somebody else to try and do and it just won't be the right the right fit I think that if you you make a decision and you see something through you you can't go too far wrong if you're going to see you know if you see it through because then you're not sending mixed messages at least um but it's difficult and you, you know it, it once upon a time it was very much the way people trained little ones to sleep and um so long as they're on prolonged periods of continual crying on an ongoing basis that's when they you know studies have shown that it, it can cause more of a, a problem yeah. but um short term it's, it's scientifically shown that it's actually very effective it's more a case of as as mums most of us just go i can't do it <laughs> i just can't do it um 
but if you don't know another way, you know, when you're stuck going, well, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what I can try. I'm trying all these things and nothing feels like it's working. Um, you can definitely feel stuck and lost. And I really empathize. And well, that's why we do what we do to try and help yeah. people um, not, not get stuck in that place where they feel almost like out of resources. Yeah. Um, See, with Margot, we were more, I think, because because we decided, although I'm still like, never say never, we're like Margot, <laughs> we will only have two, Margot will be our last. So when she would cry, and I'd always use the excuse, well, I don't want her to wake Vivi enough, so I'd go and get her and bring her into bed with me. Mm. And I never did that with Vivian, but I was with Vivian and I was like, no, she's never sleeping in bed with us. Margot never <laughs> slept in bed with us, but I'd bring her in for a cuddle and a feed and then take her back. And I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it's heaven. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was quite different with Vivian. It just we would sort of decided before she even came that with this this was the sort of method we were gonna be and we were going to be very routine and very everything happens in your bedroom, all the feeding, mm. everything. Um mm. partly though with Margot, I had quite a difficult birth and then lost a lot of blood but I didn't um, I didn't have a transfusion mm. so I was quite um poorly for a while afterwards so I just didn't have the energy to be doing as much as as I did with Vivian as well mm. and also my husband helped out a lot more and she was in neonatal for a while at hospital and um, so she was being fed with a bottle as well as I was breastfeeding her so she always had mixed and that kind of carried on even when she came home so my husband mm. would be more involved which he loved whereas with Vivian, mm. she was um, purely breastfed so he, mm. he wasn't as involved but yeah all the different things oh, bring yeah. back all the memories <laughs> all the memories yeah it's um it is amazing and it is it is such a different story and different journey for everybody yeah. and this is why i think um it's so important, like you said earlier, that you do you, do you and, um, and that women and mothers generally don't, don't judge others or, or just, you know, or assume that, well, that's not the way to do things or I wouldn't do that. So if you haven't been in their shoes and you don't know what their experience is, you, you, can't, you can't decide what would be right in that situation. And, you know, it's like you said about the, the lovely cuddles and um, choices around co-sleeping. For some, they decide it's safe and they like it and it's fine okay I mean I would always say make sure it's safe but um for others it's an absolute no way no how not going to do it and I just think that's either whatever whatever's right for you so long as it's safe whatever is um makes you happy <laughs> and uh, you know that's, it's only that's, that they first that's all you want you just want to be happy as a family isn't it? and if yeah. the thing that makes you happy is sleeping in your own bed without having a little person bashing you or if it's yeah. sleeping in your bed having that person just it's so personal and it is yeah. it is same with breastfeeding I mean there's so much pressure on breastfeeding and I think if I you know hats off to some of the mothers that I see that are just so great at it and um and continue for some time for others it's a huge challenge it can be a mental it can you know it can cause a lot of mental stress and strain yeah. um and for some it just doesn't work out or isn't the ideal thing for them or their baby and so I think if it's if it's not 
it's not for you it's okay it is okay you know I think it's more important that your mental well-being your happiness your health all of those things um for, for you know mother and baby I think that's got to you know it has got to take priority um over the well society says i should do this it's mm, well not at, at what cost <laughs> you know i feel like there's a real movement more to women being more empowered with everything though from birth to um your choices in birth to breastfeeding mm. choosing not to breastfeed because actually you don't want to um mm. sleep it's everything i feel like women are becoming more sort of confident in knowing their choices rather than just being told by mm. people, people in the hospital or friends or family, just the kind of knowing actually, no, I don't have to have this or I don't have to do this. I have got options here. Mm. I think, yeah, and, and education is the way forward because if we're, because there's so much more information available um, we we have that ability to educate ourselves so we can make informed decisions rather than just have to trust um, the, the the system <laughs> um, that you know or be channeled through the system like a bunch of sheep but actually yeah. with the information that is available to us now um, via YouTube and Google and social media and there's so much information that we can actually assess and take on board and decide what we agree with or what we don't and what feels right for us. And I think that's what's, um, that gives, I mean, whilst it also turns up a certain amount of confusion, yeah. I mean, it also <laughs> does have that ability to give us the, like you say, the empowerment to then make informed decisions. And I think that's, that's so good because we're not, it would be very dull if we were all identical, you know, I think we, yeah. we're individuals and, um, yeah. It's, it's fascinating really isn't it yeah i love hearing other people's stories and journeys and experiences <laughs> so what's the what would you say was the best tip um you feel you've had um in whether it be regarding sleep or parenting generally that you would feel like oh you know that was that was just golden that you think would be a great thing to share with our listeners anything anything at all my auntie said when i was pregnant no matter how hard a day you've had with them, just when they're asleep, just go in and just watch them. And mm. the annoyances or let down, even if you're feeling like a rubbish mum or you're feeling like they're the devil child, just watch them sleeping and everything will drift away and you will just melt. And I just do that every night. I go in and just... <laughs> Like I love mother. that. And oh, it's just it's my little heaven before I go to sleep. Um, oh, I love that. Me. That is, yeah, that is so beautiful and so true because actually, like you said, no matter how tough it was to get them to sleep or no matter how challenging a day you've had with maybe a testing toddler or whatever it might be, when you see them peacefully sleeping, their little heads on the pillow and, and oh you're right it does it just makes all the tough stuff melt away and it puts it all in perspective doesn't it I love that maybe that's why I still I still spy on my two when they're asleep because it is such a lovely feeling just get, oh, yeah, okay. still do it when they're teenagers probably 
know. I still do at nine and nearly eight. So it's <laughs> sixteen. Yeah. Tearing around the door. Oh, you're awake still. Okay, Bonnie's going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we get told to go away. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> oh no I'm going to enjoy this time now before before the teen years come <laughs> oh that is so lovely I love that um I love that advice and that reminder it's brilliant thank you for sharing that and thank you so much for for joining me today and having this conversation and being on the podcast it's been absolutely lovely thank you Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We hope you found it insightful and we invite you to connect with us via our website, thesleepnanny.com. Join us for more tips on the Sleep Nanny podcast and look out for another episode of Sleep Talking.